diving. It's not the greatest dive in the world, but you never know what you're going to get. So it could be the greatest dive in the world, kind of. It's, it's a box of chocolates? Yeah. Okay. Diving's like yeah. a box of chocolates. That's uh, a, a good title for this episode. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Is that Starry Stone Ward or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Lots of weeds, you know, the ten foot tall weeds kind of thing. And the Asian, the Eurasian milfoil, that stuff is just milfoil. Yeah, it's so thick in in that shallow water. Yeah. Um, you had you had mentioned just having like a random, oh, chat scuba chat the other day. So I wasn't sure, like, if you had thought of where you wanted to go that. No, that sounds good in theory. It's probably hard if you are truly randoming it, because who knows? Who knows what happens? That's true. The uh, it's it's an unplanned, uncharted venture. So, it could be a nothing burger. Could <laughs> That's true. could go all over the place. Could be hard to follow. Could be a five-hour edit. Could be. <laughs> That's the downside of the... Uh, Could be a show about taking pictures for the high school soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it... Hmm. Well, uh, well, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, everybody. You're, you're hosts with the... You're the hosts with the, the pandemic most. Yes, the pandemic madness Zoom after parties are still... Destroying our liver. <laughs> I was <gonna> say, still <laughs> haunting us every Tuesday. One cell at a time. <laughs> every very long Tuesday. Yeah, they're a good time. They're a good time. Definitely got a nice, uh, nice little crew that are regulars. And every once in a while, we get uh, you know someone pop in that's not a regular and say hi and chat a little bit. Well, we need to have like the like the three hour bell should go off at. Ding, you know, yeah. you know something where like anybody can, if you've made it, just exit. You made it to the three. <laughs> yeah, you made it to the three hour bell. No shame in the game. Everybody can leave, right? And, and if you if you elect to stay after that, and you it's get you. and you get stuck on there till three o'clock in the morning, that's on you at that point. Yeah. And by you, I mean me. <laughs> if you close the bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patty asked me, she's like, why did you even go in? Like, well, <laughs> I well. figured, uh, you know, I got that message. Are you going to join? Uh, all right, I'll pop in real quick and see, see what's up. Well, I was that was when I was like, uh, I'm looking at the clock going, well, I was going to probably duck out of here unless, J- you know, James is going to pop in and say hi. I'll, I'll wait. And, uh, because, yeah, I've had those nights where I've. It was bad news the next day. I'm like, holy shit, what did I do? <laughs> and just sitting there, you know, 
especially if I'm drinking a, a rum drink or a whiskey drink. Forget it. You can't do five hours of that. Right, right. <laughs> the wine, yeah, I can. Yeah, you can. I'm still alive. The, the big thing is that going through Tuesday with yeah. virtually no sleep. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? But, oh, well. You only live once. You're at home. You're not, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so how yeah, was so, how was the lake house? Did you ever get in the water up there? Uh, yeah, actually, the lake house was good. Yes, the diving wasn't um, wasn't anything to write home about for sure. But uh, yeah, I got in, blew some bubbles. Daughter dropped her prescription sunglasses into the water. Ah, so you get to do a recovery dive. Yeah. So yeah, she was just he- heading out on the kayaks and dropped them in. So I went and. Uh, grabbed the gear real quick and popped in because I could see where she dropped them in exactly. You know, it wasn't like getting secondhand knowledge. And, uh, yeah, just popped down and did a quick search. Of course, yeah, Viz was like six inches, lots of weeds, you know, the 10-foot-tall weeds kind of thing. And was that Starry Stone Ward or something like that? Yeah, yeah, the... And the Asian... The Eurasian milfoil, that stuff is just... Milfoil, yeah. It's so thick in, in that shallow water, yeah. Yeah, so it was... And all that uh, sediment, you touch it and it just oh. it explodes like a... Yes. Like a foggy, like a wet, like foggy, a... <laughs> silty mess, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't like, wow, this is good diving. But, yeah, got in blue bubbles, found the glasses, you know. Uh, always a chance to... Uh, Get in a blow bubbles and use your, you know, use technique and all that good crap to uh, keep you keep you fresh. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because a, a little dive like that, you're in really shallow water. It's just mm-hmm. a nothing of a dive, really. So you would you exactly. would think you could just crash in without really any care and just slap around the bottom looking for a pair of sunglasses. But really, in a point no. like that, like. That's where technique really comes in because if you've only got six inches to work with, right? You need well, and you, you need to keep like every one of those six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is exactly what was going through my head. So, yeah, I was up off the bottom the whole time, and I mean, the things I think about while I'm di- you know, diving is we've trained a lot of police divers, uh, and basically they could just crawl on the bottom. Looking for a body, searching. Yeah, they've you know, uh, they've kind of abandoned the the idea that t- visibility is going to be something that they're ever going to have, anyways. Yeah. So they just and I I, I was just going to say I get that argument, but by the same token, like I say, I had six inches, if that. It's it was nothing, Viz. I mean, I used to dive the Delaware River, and that, even there was six inches of Viz, you know, and in, in chocolate milk, and you still didn't want to destroy it. I mean, why would you do that? It still aided a little bit to be able to see what you're doing, even if it's only, you know, putting your face right into the to the ground. So, yeah, I did all everything I could to stay off that bottom. You know, I, I went in the water far away from the site and swam at the surface and then came down. You know, I didn't. Yeah, go. so you come into yeah. it with as clean a water as possible. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And then, of course, you know, keep your feet up and horizontal and all that good stuff but i used a light that's exact that's how i found it actually was using a light in the middle of the day and uh saw the little shimmer hit that reflection yeah yeah and and 
only took a few minutes. So did that, and uh, I had told uh, I had told my daughter that we'd do a quick dive at the, where they uh, they had this what we call the swimming hole where the boats kind of anchor, big parties, a lot of people just swimming in there, you know, right, jumping right. in and swimming. Yeah, I did a I did a dive earlier in the season, like a job for a lake association that lost the anchoring yeah. for their raft. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a similar, you know, it's a relatively low vis, but the vis was actually better than I had anticipated it to be in this local lake. Got in, and I actually I found the anchoring points and the chain and everything pretty quickly. Yeah. So did you swim around in yeah, a circle exactly where for I'm, about exactly where forty going. minutes? Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm like I, I can't go out of the water this fast and and, and take <laughs> take the money from the guy. So I had a nice little dive. Yeah, some uh, some real good marine life. Had a really cool interaction with this big old turtle. Yeah, nice. ended up being a, a a nice little dive. You know, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. incredible visibility, but it was good enough. And then just the the time of day, where the way the light rays were coming through the water, and mm-hmm. it was just all quiet and peaceful and pretty easy because you know right there by shore, you know, not very yeah. not very deep at all. But it, it turned out to be an, an actually a, a very pleasant little dive it was a work dive but it was a made for a pleasant little dive it's nice having those ones where you're not expecting it to be good and it comes out to be one of the weird ones that you remember for some reason yeah well i think it's the surprise of of uh expecting the worst and and you're pleasantly surprised with a little bit a little bit of viz there's some sea life under here <laughs> it's yeah. a nice environment you know well, i remember doing a night dive at another one of our local lakes taking a couple guys from the shop out mm-hmm. for a late end of the year mid-fall little night dive had a school of these bait fish come through uh, a mm-hmm. couple of needle nose gar hanging out with us and the way oh, the man. the light, you know, from the or the way the light was shining up these fish, man, it was like reminiscent of being in the South Pacific with just yeah. enveloped and and all these like blues and pinks, you know, as the as the light is flashing through these fish, it was wild. Yeah, never would have cool. yeah, never would have expected that same little local dive that I've done countless times yeah. to come away with being one of the weird ones that you remember that that right. you're. You, you can't seem to forget. Right. You remember that one, but, you know, you've been to wherever. You've been, what was that wreck? What was that really out. awesome <laughs> shipwreck? <laughs> can't remember. Yeah. Well, even even like going to the, uh, you know, premier destinations and you, you're doing, you know, 20 dives in the week or whatever, 30 dives. And uh, they all seem to blend into one dive. And, and, and they're all pretty much the same, you know. You have the occasional one where you see an incredible site you know there's the whatever the whale shark or something but most of them are you know the beautiful schools of fish and and they're all beautiful but you don't remember it like you remembered that one which is you know the local lake with the shimmering schools of bait fish and you never know what you're going to get james like mama always said diving's like a box of chocolates it's like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get I had a guy on a, on a liveaboard that I did years ago. He was from uh, he was from the UK, and he didn't have a camera. He was like the, one of the only guys on the liveaboard that didn't have a camera. Yeah, 
And I remember him saying, oh, I never take a camera. This is my getaway, and my memories are my memories. What I, yeah. what I keep, I keep, and what I don't, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I no, I was, get that. Um, well, do you do you remember a guy named Tom Morrissey, local yeah. diver Tom Morrissey? He was yeah. a journalist. Remember, yes, he wrote for. Uh, remember, he wrote for a couple of the magazines. He was, he was a local guy. You'd see him around. He'd come into the right. shop mm-hmm. for gas and, and and gear and stuff from time to time. Back years ago, back in the day, I found an article that he wrote in 2002, describing the dive of a lifetime. Little bit along the lines of you know that unexpected, like we were just talking about. Yeah, he starts off by saying, "I'll never forget my first ocean dive," and that's one for me too. I'll, I'll never forget my first ocean dive. I didn't have a camera, but to me, it's it was yeah. clear as day. Like all the swimming I did, and the nothing that I saw because I was just swimming, <laughs> wanting to see everything. I, I vividly remember just uh-huh. trying to 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 rush over to where every other group of people was at seemingly looking at something. And at the end yeah. of the dive, I remember not really There's seeing nothing. one really takeaway. <laughs> That's funny. And somebody, yeah. and, you know, somebody on the boat said, hey, slow down. And it was Suck a light that. ball. Went, Bing. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Where? what ocean? What ocean were you diving? I was in the, the Keys. Oh, nice. Yes, yeah, down nice. in Key Largo. Key Largo. Key Largo. Uh, I'm thinking back on my. So I had never been in the ocean until I, I put scuba gear on, and jumped in the Mediterranean. I'd never swam in the ocean. I had never been in the ocean. And then when I did the Mediterranean, we that was the first time I was in scuba gear because we had no pool where I was, no pool to use. So we did our open water. At a beach location in uh, off the island of Cyprus, you're like uh, the Nostradamus of scuba. <laughs> <laughs> like who'd have thought? Like COVID, <laughs> nearly forty years later, we would be teaching <laughs> classes not in a pool, but just yes. I had to make up some quatrains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, memor- memorable dive. But not for like, oh my God, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen, kind of thing. Tom's was in the Bahamas. Nassau? Yeah, he says, having already made half a logbook's worth of deep dives in the Great Lakes, I almost yawned at the idea of diving in just 80 feet on a wreck that had been man made safe for sport divers. But then I giant strided in. The bubbles cleared, and I grabbed the descent line and held on for dear life. I could actually see <laughs> more than 10 feet. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Because back in that day, the Great Lakes Viz was Yeah, nothing. yeah. So he, he was talking diving, yeah, diving Great Lakes in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, those were night dives. Past 60 feet, 80 feet was basically just a night dive. And Viz varied anywhere from 20 to 30 probably at the best for a normal of like eight. Right. I just wasn't expecting the water to be so clear. To my eyes, 
accustomed to the murk of Lake Huron depths, being able to pick out sunlit details nearly 100 feet away was just too much like being suspended, a la Wiley Coyote before the plummet in midair. <laughs> For those of our listeners who, <laughs> who are, are wondering, who are not who old, the hell who are not old bastards Wiley. like us. <laughs> fans of Bugs Bunny. As a kid, I thought Bugs Bunny would never go out of fashion. If you well, know. he's a little but politically incorrect nowadays. And that's the beauty of Bugs I Bunny. I know. like In the old days, you could hit somebody in the face with a cast iron skillet, and it was hilarious. Yeah. Nowadays, that is seemed as violence. Yeah, but by the same token, they have some incredibly violent shows on. And you're like, wait a minute, that looks, one's a cartoon with an animal whacking you with a, you know, or even you look at the Three Stooges, you know, let's not get into it. Well, Wile E. Coyote would seemingly run off and fall off a cliff or a high wire, or the, right? you know, and plummet. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, into the bottom with a plume of dust. But, you know, that view as he's falling off the cliff again after chasing the old roadrunner was that big macro view of, of the landscape, you know, falling. And that's kind of what he's describing there of like dropping down and you can see the whole bottom yeah. is an amazing sight, especially somebody from coming from a, a low vis locale. Mm -hmm. Eventually, I pried my fingers off the rope and went for a closer look. I saw all the colors of a Monet gardenscape and more fish than my slate could identify. I was the last one out, and when I got back on the boat, the dive master complimented me on my buoyancy control and the way I stayed calm. With that great big bloody shark right above you for half the dive, he said. <laughs> shark, I asked. What shark? What shark, James? What shark? Diving is an experience-oriented pastime. There was a time when most divers collected shells or corals or fish. Today, memories are the trophies from our trips, he says. True. That way other people can get there and see the stuff you saw. Yeah, right, right. Not just the people you invite over for drinks in your basement. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> you see this, whale shark? <laughs> Have a stuffed painting uh, wheel shark. That must have been a hell of a lot of stuffing there, Frank. Mm hmm. Cost me a mint. <laughs> See this bust of a great white shark there? Right. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> but, the, I mean, there was a day where, you know, going down and just grabbing a chunk of the black coral. Break, exactly. Breaking off to, to bring up for your own collection was... Oh, yeah. Yep. That, the shells, uh, you name it. People brought everything up. Shooting and killing everything. This would look good on the wall, hey? At least we've evolved a little bit, I guess. What makes a dive memorable, let me ask you? Hmm. If you can remember it. <laughs> By, uh, by definition, actually, I think is, that is the definition. Mama always said a dive is memorable if you can remember it. You tend to get the dive you're expecting, Tom says. 
the professionals I've dived with, the dive journalists and photographers, travel writers, and others you might expect to have a seen-it-all attitude, Mm -hmm. tend to anticipate every dive with the enthusiasm of a five-year-old on Christmas morning. Are we going to see a whale shark? Cool, he says. (laughs) No, no, you're going to see some carp. This is Union Lake, you dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) And rightfully fitting, right? He says, I once dived an inland lake in Michigan at 2 o'clock on a February morning with an air temperature of 12 degrees. Yes, Fahrenheit, that is. Diving under as many ice uh, inches of solid ice. The discomfort was there if you wanted to dwell on it. But I went diving just knowing that I was going to get something special. And as I came back to the hand-carved hole to the surface, I got it. A starlit sky shimmering through the frost-touched open water, fringed by the dimly silhouetted heads of my companions. I delayed going up for half a minute just to be certain that I'd remember it. Nice. Yeah, that's a magical moment to take in. I like uh, I like that taking it in at the at the end, right before I just yeah get out of the water and it's over, hold, holding on to the it. last yeah. last couple of uh, seconds of that that view. Yeah, it's almost as if you're taking a photo of it. It's kind of like taking a photo of it, except you don't have a photo. Except the film. You have your memory. Except the film is your brain. <laughs> yeah, it's not really good film. It's it embellishes a lot of things. <laughs> he is a photographer. Yeah, he was. I, I know he's had a lot of stuff published, too. He's a really good photographer. But just for having the eye to recognize that that site right there, that right there shows you why he's a good photographer. But, yeah, those are the things You know what? We, to get uh, that yeah. is a pretty pretty sweet-sounding shot. You know, a, yeah. a, night, a night ice dive, right. you know, a moon <clears throat> off, but all the, the, the stars just up and out. Very difficult with, to capture. With the expanse of a, a yeah, because you need to be yeah. in the water because you'd have to get the ice too to really realize that it yes. was a it was a night ice dive. That would be a mm-hmm. very difficult photo to capture, night. capture, but a magical one. I call those nice dives. Yeah, nice dives. A night a night ice dive is a nice dive. Nice and cold and, uh, dives. <laughs> I also get charged by diving that expands my boundaries. And that often happens when diving with someone new. Two weeks after a hurricane had brushed by Great Exuma, the seas still showed it. The usually topaz clear water was tinged with a light sandy scud that rendered the boat invisible just 50 feet above us. Hmm. But my companion was a marine biologist, Ed Haxby, and he made up for the lack of long-range visibility by concentrating on things just an arm's length away. Yeah, there's always something there. Yeah, you can make a good dive out of any condition oh, yeah. by how you go into it. And I see so many people that get jaded after a couple of seasons of the same old local dive. Yeah. But if you go into the water expecting it to be a shitty, low-vis, boring dive that you don't want to be there for... Well, guess what? You're not going to enjoy being in the shitty yeah. low vis water, and you know that's all you're looking for, though. Right? You're looking for low vis water, but and and you might be missing, like you say, that shimmering school of bait fish, or the needle nose gar, or the view from the 
from underneath the ice hole. Yeah, like there is, you know, a, a turtle sitting peacefully somewhere waiting to be seen if you've got the, the calm and the, the knowledge and the, the internal peace yourself to find that shot. That's going to be the title of my autobiography, I think. There's a turtle waiting somewhere to be seen. There's a turtle somewhere waiting to be seen by you. I like that. There is. There's beautiful things. I mean, and you and I, just going to the quarry, one of the things we like to do is just go in those shallow areas near the edge where the trees are still there and the sunlight, you know, shimmers down and gives you those God rays. Yeah, those are my favorite shots at the quarry. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. I actually, I have one of those shots uh, published for the cover of Ohio. Yeah. I don't think it was the cover. Maybe it was the cover, but it was Ohio Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. And shots. that's uh, you know, a quarry dive mm-hmm. in not even twenty feet of water. Exactly. And you can get the same thing, you know, we have Spring Mill Pond here, which is it's like a local thirty foot deep pond where there's no boats, which is nice. So you can take, you know, newer divers or students and you don't have to worry about, you know, if they stray from the pack, are they gonna get whacked by a boat or, you know, stupid things like that very controlled situation viz is not always that great like and it's a it's a pond <laughs> so there's not a lot of places that you can go that you haven't been there but there's always something new or or cool to see yeah and if you're just sitting out in the middle of the pond on the mucky mud bottom where nothing is it's going to be At a pretty, bottomless bottom it's going to be a pretty drab <laughs> dive but yeah. if you understand the environment that you're in and you play to its strengths, you can mm-hmm. find something really cool in really any body of water that you go into. Like the freshwater it, jellyfish yeah, yeah. there at Springbound. Yeah. yeah, you can find some cool stuff. And, and, and if your goal every time you get in is just to go in and, and power through to the deep spot, you're probably mm. going to miss a lot of what is actually there to be seen because that's not where any of it is. For the most part, absolutely. We positioned our hands in cleaning stations and watched as tiny shrimp ventured out to groom our cuticles. We watched blennies pop like cuckoos from the coral and paused at a sand hollow to observe the mating dance of two invertebrates. Near the end of the dive, a sergeant major blushed blue as he chased wave after wave of spade fish away from his purple egg mass. And then, when they overwhelmed him, he turned and ate it himself. It was the most fascinating biology lesson imaginable. And we surfaced 70 minutes later, having covered no more than 25 feet of reef. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, like when you can get lost in one small area. Mm Mm-hmm. That takes up over an hour of time. Right. Right. And it held your attention for that long. Uh, at least uh, I think, you know, that's um, if you have that eye, that's again, he sees that when he goes out diving. He's not he's not concentrating on what he's not seeing. He's concentrating on what he's got available. And yeah. That's why he's got a good photographer's eye to number one, but he gets the most out of the diving. That's why he was still diving after umpteen decades, you know. Yeah, because when you have poor viz and you're expecting great viz, right, 
down in the Bahamas where he is, right? It's easy to get upset and go, ah, this isn't that good, and just exit the water. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'll go to something else today. Versus knowing that you've only got, you know, 50 feet of visibility to work with when you're expecting hundreds. So yeah. just swimming aimlessly from site to site, you're just in a cloud of nothing the whole entire time versus finding this area that he's got something to work with. And you eat up 70 minutes on a on a single tank dive yeah. with tons to see and do that normally you would have just swam right past looking for the big stuff the right. big exciting stuff when you really have this whole whole world right there in front of your eyes if you just take the time to see it that's one of the cool things that that i'll i'll see with students you know doing what you just talked about at the quarry you know uh, last time i was down there i had you know a couple people with me we were doing the little tour coming back and mm-hmm. as we're swimming through where all those trees are at first it's just the edge of the quarry with some tree roots and stuff. They're just wanting to swim past it. But as I stopped, took the time to get my camera out, get those lights set up, you, you mm-hmm. notice that there's hundreds of fish. Yeah. They're little ones, but there's hundreds of fish just camouflaged into this backdrop of the, just the edge of the quarry that if you give your eyes a minute to adjust, holy cow, there's a ton of life just right here. Yeah, exactly. You got to stop and you know smell the roses, so to speak. Uh, take a look, closer look. I'm I'm curious. Do you think uh, Do you think Tom's experience diving the Great Lakes and the the inland lakes of Michigan it gave him that appreciation for for even you know what they would consider low vis? He would consider a great vis day. I think so, most definitely. Yeah, that's so one of the treasures always... that we I think we have being from this environment is you do go somewhere great and it's Mm -hmm. not perfect for -hmm. whatever reason hurricane comes through something occurs algae bloom of whatever you know and if you're bad divers what about bad bad divers divers in the water yeah yeah and and everybody else is expecting 200 feet of visibility so when they only have 80 feet they're pissed off versus somebody who's comfortable in 20 30 feet of visibility is ecstatic about having 50, 60, 80 feet. Yeah, I think that, that I know for me, most of my diving was done in, in low-vis situations. So when I, I do get a good-vis situation, it's, uh, A, it's super easy. B, it's uh, extremely enjoyable. I mean, I, I'm looking for everything. I'm looking all over the place. Yeah. So. so I would say that it is definitely true than the statement of the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. beholder. And the, yeah. how you enter the water mentally, emotionally, psychologically is going to definitely play into how how good that dive is to you. Well, yeah, that's the old you know Zen Zen idea of having the blank slate mind. You know, having the empty mind, so you you can fill it with whatever when you're there. But if you go in and you already got something up there, you've got something written on your board, and you go in and it's not that, there's a conflict and there's a disappointment. Whereas if you just have the empty mind, you can fill it up with everything there. If that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, right? Because that dive, if you're going into it 
with the wrong attitude, you're going to have a different dive than me going into it with an open or better attitude. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, wrong attitude's a hard, a hard one to define, but it's, it's, I guess if you can just keep the open mind going into the dive again, be, be that empty bowl or be that, that, op- that blank slate, uh, let it write, write its story on you or fill your bowl instead of you already having something in there. And then you got nothing that, that you can put in there anymore. Yeah. Well, I think that's the experienced yeah. divers, uh, yeah. Tail right there is you, you take the time to let it come versus trying to rush into collecting all the experiences right away. Yeah. Rather cards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. R- <laughs> rather than letting, letting that world come to you in mm. the big picture. Yeah. There's a lot of corny sayings that, that, you know, I've said over the years to, to divers that have asked my, my input all along the lines of enjoy the journey, have fun with it. You know, don't be afraid to make a mistake. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean you, you go in the water with your gas shut off. What that means is, right, right. You, you know, when you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up about it. You're there to learn. You're going to make mistakes forever. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Yeah. Making the mistake isn't the problem. It's the failure to react Right. properly is where the issue really becomes or to yeah or to learn from it right so of course he says all of the things being equal where you dive has a lot to do with how much marquee value it will claim in your memories it may be possible to have a bad boring or forgettable dive on the bloody bay wall but i wouldn't know i've never had one yeah. My memories of it are seahorses, frogfish, and multi-hued walls that dropped away like the Grand Canyon. And unicorns. I think you were a little <laughs> deep, my man. Unicorns and uh, little elves. Lucky stars, shining diamonds. <laughs> What's the best? The dive of a lifetime. There are places, many represented in the following pages of this magazine, that offer once-in-a-lifetime experiences. But until someone has dived for a lifetime, I don't think he can say. Tom with FTW. Bam! FTW. Yeah. How's that? I like that That, line. That's a great line because now you know where marketing comes from when they use terms like that, which are... It's a, yeah, what is it, a colloquialism, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's an expression, but by the same token, it gets taken a little literally, and he's got a great point. You can't say it's a dive of a lifetime unless, you know, you're on your deathbed looking back on it. Correct. Like, <laughs> yeah. who wants to do the dive of a lifetime for the first dive? <laughs> yeah. And then you're done. <laughs> well. <laughs> See if I can tap well, this one. better take up bird watching. <laughs> Saw the bird of a lifetime. Then you're done with that. Yeah, yeah. After Damn. that, you're done. Who? Nobody wants to do the dive of a lifetime until it's your last dive. Yes. Yeah. And all. I mean, really. Again, we go. We get a little deep in our show here, but can one dive be called, you know, the greatest dive? Don't you get that question a lot? Oh yeah. What's your What's, what's, what's your, your What's your favorite, favorite dive? What's the best dive? Yeah. 
I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I hate that question because I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Depends. Depends on yeah, what I'm in the I mood have, for. Yeah, and some days I like a certain dive better than, than the others. I mean, <laughs> some days it's a cave dive. Some days, you know. Yeah, some days it's um, it's uh, or, arrogance of myself wanting to achieve something. Sometimes I'm enjoying yeah. um, being with somebody else who's seeing something that I'm sharing yeah. with them. You know, there's there's different different feelings and emotions that go with different dives that I could never answer the question of a, of a favorite. Yes. And I've had many that one. dives where at the moment I could understand describing them as dives of a lifetime. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you come back from it, you're like, that was the dive of a lifetime. And, and for sure, it's very memorable. But there's, you know, the quote-unquote dive of a lifetime I don't know if it really exists. Because the very next dive could blow it away. Yeah. Especially or the you... way you're feeling that day. The oh. way you're feeling, you know, like the, the, I felt like uh, I really wanted a great cave dive. And that's why the, that cave dive was the, I don't know if that makes any sense either. But no, I think, you know that, I think that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, your viewpoint. Yeah, you go into the into the water with baggage right it's going to take away from the dive so being able to to find peace before the dive is certainly going to open up the possibilities of what your experience is going to be like no doubt about it i I fully believe that and that's yeah that's dead on right there so blank slate man it's like the conversation i had on a recent trip to cozumel tom says there were four of us plus the dive master and captain and everyone was holding forth on the best diving they'd ever seen. One of them said it was the Red Sea. Nice. I hear it's great. Another one was sure it was off of Bali. It is. He's right, too. It very well could be. (laughs) A third was campaigning hard for the sea mounts off of Seba. But, you know, you see these conversations going, going on, and they're... I don't know what drives them. I don't think it's the, I want to share this incredible dive with someone. It's, I want to top the guy next to me with my incredible dive, <laughs> you know? Are you saying That's that divers think. tend to be renowned for one-upmanship? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's their uh, quote-unquote, what, what did uh, our old buddy uh, Andrew used to say? This is the part where they all, you know, whip out their you-know-what for comparisons. Right, right. And uh, that was when he would say he'd pull out the bat and whack them. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) yeah, let them do that. But, yeah, you you see this conversation all the time. You see it on every single trip, every single dive group, Uh every every group sitting around any dive location. They they are after dinner, while they're having their after-dinner cocktails, this is the conversation. Yes. What is the best? Who's the best? Why my dive that I did here was better than the one that you just described. Right. And and I should go in there and add, like, it's not just men, although I used an expression that would assume it's just men. But it's not. It's just an expression. It's not. Oh, no, no. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty of women who are, are going to jump in on this conversation to give their yeah. their memory, their perspective of of a dive that they did that they feel was better. Oh, Yeah. Well, that's a great dive, but my dive was better. And I, I could say that you know part of it is 
being part of the community and just getting in and sharing. But there is yeah. there is a there is another side of it too that a, a lot of people are trying to describe that very dive of a lifetime. Yeah. Well, Tom says, I donned my gear and was perched on the gunnel when one of the travelers turned to me. What about you? She asked. You haven't said a word. What's the best dive you've ever made? I don't know, I shrugged. As I back rolled in, ask me in about an hour. There you go. There you go. It's the next one. It could always be the next one. Diving's like a box of chocolates, my mom always used to say. <laughs> you got to get the, the Texas slash Louisiana accent. Little Mom Matthew always McConaughey said, got whacked in the head. <laughs> Mom always said diving was like a box of chocolates. <laughs> there you go. Not bad. Yeah. Mama always did say that. Well, hey, everybody. What is your dive of a lifetime? Was it a Great Lakes dive? Was it a shipwreck dive? Was it a coral reef? Was it a big pelagic s- swim pass that uh, you experienced somewhere in the blue waters of the Pacific Ocean. Tell us, what was your dive of a lifetime? Just don't tell me it was a pool dive. (laughs) Do not want to hear the pool dive of a lifetime. The tile was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The the sudden right-angle changes of light blue (laughs) to dark blue tile as I... Swam perpendicular down the I, lanes. Uh, yeah. As I hovered of the, effortlessly. Of the greater <laughs> metropolitan aquatic center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what, what I think would be a great idea for a show is um, like these questions that we get. Like you get as a diver going to a, you go to a party, social gathering with non-divers or whatever. And, you know, people that aren't divers are like, what is... What is your favorite dive or, you know, how long can you stay underwater with that air or the oxygen? There are like the oxygen tanks. Do you, half of me feels obligated to talk and explain to them why we don't breathe oxygen on a scuba dive. The other half of me is experienced and says, shut up. Just go, oh, that's nice. Walk. Well, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go f- refill my drink. <laughs> well, the... I think uh, that's going to be my new answer is when, when someone asks, what's your favorite dive? It's going to be, I'm hoping the next one. There you go. That's an, it's not a bad answer. It's, it's, a, it's, uh, it's definitely the true answer. He, he, although he didn't say, what do you hope is your f- favorite dive? But he, you just say the next one. Just the next I think one if you've got favorite. the right mindset – yeah. of what the Great Dive podcast has tried to capture over these almost 200 episodes now. If you've got the right attitude, your answer would be, I'm hoping it's going to be the next one. And if you've got the wrong attitude. You're going to go, it was on May 27th, 2011. <laughs> I was in Grand was the- Cayman. <laughs> exactly. It's the Red Sea. I might, I might as well have just cashed it all in after that. I did the dive of a lifetime. <laughs> don't know why I've been, don't know why I've kept up with it these extra nine years after. Yeah, so uh, I think that would be a good show, though, if we could get enough of the common questions. 
Oh, that's good. So we'll what we'll have to do yeah. is we have to just take a recorder with us everywhere we go, and, and wow. just start recording <laughs> these. Well, I think we could over the course we could, of, um, over the course of a year, and then put together an episode on it. I think that sounds good in theory, <laughs> but all of that recording and going through it, you'd be like, I'm, I'm not. I think that we sounds, should pull, pull. Uh, that sounds like a good theory as long as you're <laughs> editing the show. Exactly, because that's you're talking fifty hours of recording at least. Yeah. How about we uh, we pose the que- this you know give them this scenario, tell them at the next Zoom meeting, like, listen, we want to hear from you guys. What are like the most common questions you get from the non-diving public when you're at social gatherings or whatever? And how do you answer them? Not to get too far off topic. But. Anyway, let's, uh, do we want to yeah, sign let's, log uh, let's sign some logbooks. Okay. Brando, that was a dive of a lifetime, my man. <laughs> Thanks for the memories. Jamesy, this dive... Remind me of something my grandfather told me that I'll never forget. He said, <laughs> the most memorable dive is always... No, wait. The most memorable dive is never <laughs> where... No, hold on. Never mind. All right, everybody. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> always carry litter bags You know that that is Forrest Gump's accent is like Matthew McConaughey got hit in the head with a bat or something. You know, <laughs> that mama always said, "All right, all right, all right." It's uh. <laughs>